Well, as we come into the New Year's, I know probably some of you made rev- re- restitutions, revolutions, right? Yeah, something like that, whatever it is. Resolutions, that's the word, isn't it, uh, for the coming year. And you always stop and think, you know, where do I want to turn out at the end of these 366 days? You know, this is leap year. Where do I want to be at the end of that, of that time? Where, did, I want, where do I want to be with my relationship with Jesus Christ? I, did I draw near to God this year? That's a question I usually ask myself. Am I closer to God now than I was, you know, January 1st, 2015? That's a question I, I, I look at. Because we want to grow closer to the Lord. I think that's, that's my goal, and I believe it's your goal. I remember we was at a, in a board meeting this last year, and, and we were talking about discipleship and about the church and what we wanted to do. And It's unusual for me to have themes. In 30-some years of ministry, I've never had a, a particularly yearly theme. Maybe a month or maybe a, a scripture that I preached on or something, but never a yearly theme. And I thought after three years, I thought, I'm done with that. At this board meeting, God spoke through one of my board members. We got to talk about thriving, what it means to thrive. You know, and, I th- and God said, there you go. Oh, man. So this year, I want to talk about what it means to thrive. The word means to flourish or to grow vigorously. And it's about spiritual development that affects every part of our life. And that's what I want to have happen in your life, what I want to have happen in my life, that we learn to really thrive in Jesus. So we can look back January 1st, 2017, and say, I really thrived this year. I really flourished in my relationship with the Lord. I really blossomed. That's another word for thrive. So as I I thought about that, and and, and Scripture to start us off this year, God led me to Matthew 13, a, a very familiar parable. Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got in a boat and sat in it while the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering seeds, some fell along the paths, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So other seed fell in good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He was ears, let him hear. Jesus tells something that people would often see in that day and age. When farmers planted seeds, okay, you know they didn't have tractors and big planters behind them, right? They, they had a, usually a sack they carried around them, and they would walk through the field and simply scatter the seed, just like that, okay? And that's, how, that's what you would always see. And the people knew that the seeds fell on different kinds of soil. It was just part of the process. And so Jesus talks about these four different kinds of soils as a way that, that seeds can grow or not grow and thrive or not thrive. And the first one was the barren path. Okay? Usually down along the sides of any fields, even down the middle of some of the fields, there was a path that, that the farmers would walk. Okay? And it was beaten down. People knew that. And so he's saying, you know, this farmer's guy, you've seen it, falls on that path. And, and, and it can't get down into the ground, okay? It's too hard for that to happen. And the birds were hungry, and they come and they eat that seed because it can't get into the ground. People understood that. They said there's places where, where it's rocky, and these are places where there might be large rocks just under the da- ground or maybe even a, a part of a mountain almost under the ground, okay? And the soil was very shallow. And so what would happen is the, the seed would get on there, it might get down a little bit, and the sun would warm it up, 
and cause it even to, to germinate quicker than others. So it germinates, sprout up, it's growing. But all of a sudden, as the days got longer and hotter, they would get scorched. And since they didn't have any roots down to get any nourishment or any water, they would wither. They, they, you know, they were burnt to a crisp, is what we would say, okay? Then there's the ones among the thorns. And here's what happens as the farmer scattering seed. He didn't know, but there's also bad seed in that ground, okay? And as they, as they got ready to, to grow, the thorns would grow and the, and the good crop would grow. And they grew together, Okay, And what would happen is the thorns were so vigorous, so alive, they'd actually suck the nourishment and the water out of the ground, and so the good seed, though it was growing, withered and died. In fact, the word choke means to strangle it, to suffocate it to death. And finally, said there's good soil. This means it was good for thriving, it was beautiful, it was a rich, fertile soil, and it produced a crop sometimes up to 100 times, which was unusual in Israel in that day. They never planted one seed and got a hundred seeds back, okay? So Jesus said it just flows, overflows. And a little bit later, Jesus explains this parable. In verse 18 of Matthew 13, he says, listen to what the parable means. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what was sown in his heart. This is a seed along the path. The one who receives a seed that falls in rocky places, a man who hears the word at once receives it with joy... But he has no root. He lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, he falls away quickly. The one who received the seed that fell on the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on the good soul is a man who hears the word, understands it, and he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times that was sown. And he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So there's four responses to what Jesus is saying here. Four responses, four ways of listening to what, what Jesus wants us to understand. And thriving is about, catch this, thriving is about getting your heart and spirit rooted in the good soil. Okay? So we have to ask ourselves, what is my life rooted in? What is my heart rooted in? What's the thing that I really want to sink my life deep into? Because what happens, life will reveal what you've sunk your life into. Life will reveal as you go through the thorny places, as you go through the rocky places, as you go through the hard places, life will reveal what you've really sunk in your roots into. So, as we look at this, Jesus says, here's what it's like. Those on the path are those who have hard hearts. And you have hard places in your life. And when Jesus tries to sow the seed into that place, the devil comes along and snatches it away. You know, there is a devil. He's real. There's people who want to believe that. But he's real. And he's at work around us. And he tries to do things to deceive us, to steal away from our lives what Jesus wants to plant in our lives. And what happens is, is as we live our lives, we interact with people and we feel angry, we feel hurt, we sometimes feel bitterness in our hearts. And, we, and those places can become harder in our lives. And Jesus tries to till up those places. But because it becomes so much a part of who we are, so much a part of how we see ourselves, we don't want that to happen. The devil comes along and says, nope, you don't want that. I remember, show my age here. How many of you remember Dick Van Dyke? Yeah, you guys are old like me. There was one episode where he comes home angry. And his favorite meal was spaghetti. And Laura wanted to make him happy. She says, let me make you spaghetti so you'll be happy. He says, no, I don't want spaghetti. I don't want to be happy. You ever been there? 
Sometimes we just don't want to be happy. We like to stew on our own juices. And those are places where our hearts are hard and the devil comes along and snatches away. So how does Jesus till up our hearts? Proverbs 17.3 says, The crucible for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. In Deuteronomy, it says, Remember how the Lord, Moses speaking to Israel, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way through the desert these 40 years to humble you, to test you, in order to know what was in your heart. Hear that. God leads us to places that will humble us. That's what he did to the Israelites, right? To humble them. I don't know about you, but one of the things I really struggle with in my life is pride. Maybe you don't have that issue. At times I have that issue. And the way God deals with that pride is sometimes he wants to humble us. Anybody here just enjoy being humbled? Huh? Yeah, I don't enjoy it either. I was shaving this morning. I don't know if you notice, I cut my lip. And I thought, oh man, why today? Why, always, why couldn't it be on Monday at least? Because I'm going to be in front of everybody, right? And it wouldn't stop bleeding. So you look at me, it looks like I got this booger hanging out of my nose over here. You know, and it's like, God. Well, sometimes he just humbles us with things like that, you know. He just, you know, and, and you've got to accept that because he's working on our pride. He's working deep in here saying, you know, Mike, there's still pride in your life and I want to deal with it and we're going to have fun with this, okay? Just enjoy the journey. God, I don't want this. Well, we've got to plow up some ground that's still hard in your life. It says God leads us into places that will test us. He's revealing things in our hearts that we need to see. So he'll walk us through places sometimes that's tough. And when he comes along with size, he gently says, let go of it. Let go of it. Don't the devil have a toehold in your life or a handhold. Let go of it. Because you'll be closer to me at the end. You'll thrive. You'll flourish. You'll blossom. You'll grow. But you've got to let me plow it. Well, you see, it comes down to an issue sometimes of who we're going to center our lives on. I'm learning something as a Christian. As a Christian, my life is not centered on me. If I'm a Christian, who's my life centered on? Jesus, right? My life is to be centered on Jesus. And when I center my life on Jesus, it changes my focus. It changes how I see things. It changes how I live. We're following him. We're following him, the one who has suffered and, and who was spit upon and mocked and nailed to a tree and gave his life for others. And we can't thrive until we let him come along sometimes and plow the places in our lives that are hard. And maybe this year, God's going to show you something in your life you need plowed up. And probably like me, you're going to go kicking and screaming at times because we don't want God to do that. We, we kind of like that. We want that. In our, God, you can have all this in my life, but I want this thing, okay? You know what God does? He puts his hand on that thing because all of a sudden, he's not the Lord of your life. That thing is because it's in control. And we can't thrive, we can't blossom until he gets control of it. it Jesus then says, Those who received the seed that fell on thorns are like the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the seedfulness of wealth, choke it off. You know, we can all get caught up in anxiety and the treasures of this world, can't we? 
I, I'm just amazed sometimes at all the things the world tells us we have to have and need. I mean, commercials, what are they? They're just things saying, you need this, you have to have that, you, you, know, you need this kind of thing or that kind of thing or this kind of car or that kind of house, this kind of clothes, you know, this kind of deodorant, this kind of hairspray. I mean, oh my goodness. First time I was in Russia, there was no such thing as a supermarket. They had kiosks. Okay? And, and the biggest kiosk might have been as big as one of our Sunday school classrooms. And you walked into it, and they had, they had a shelf on the back wall and they had this cabinet, in them, and there was one thing on each shelf of each kind. Okay? You didn't go in, you didn't have, there wasn't 15 brands of cereal, you had one, whatever they had that day. And, and you would ask them, they'd get it, and you'd pay for it, and they'd go in the back room, bring another one out, and set it on the shelf. Okay? That's the way they run things. Okay? And, and it's no wonder sometimes missionaries come home, and they, we've had a, we had a, some friends that came home on the mission field, and they said their kids were so overwhelmed with Walmart. They just didn't have it over there. You know, we're so used to it. We want, you know, we want 14 different kinds of chocolate chip cookies, you know? And basically, you just get what you get. We want that choice. And, you know, as we look here, it's not about treasures. And they can choke out our lives. They can keep us from thriving. They can put us into fear. They can, they can realize that we have control issues at times. We find our security and our comfort in things and in money and in stuff. You ever notice that? There's places around the world our brothers and sisters don't have what we have. They don't even have a change of clothes. We have brothers and sisters right now who are working in factories in Pakistan that live in six-foot diameter sewer pipes that have been left there stacked up row to row to make houses for them that are about 12 feet long. Families of four, five, six kids living in them. They work at the factory that they sell on the property of and they come home to that every night. But some have found the Lord and some of them have such a joy in their lives if you read their stories. It's like some great saint of God said, you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed country. We are a blessed church. And sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our comfort and our security and forget our comfort and security can't be in the things of this world. Somebody said rust will corrode it and moth will eat it. You know who said that? Jesus said that. That's right. Right? Our comfort and security has to be in Jesus Christ alone. Alone. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. He said that in Matthew 6. We cannot thrive until our security is in Jesus Christ alone. The third thing, the one who received the seed that fell in good soils, the man who hears the word, understands it, and produces a crop. Excuse me, I skipped one, didn't I? Seed that fell in the rocky places, the man who hears the word, receives with joy, but he goes out and has no root. And when trouble persecution comes, because of the word, he quickly falls away. Wow. This guy had a thin veneer of spiritual life. 
There, there would be rocks with just soil, you know, just so, so thin over top of it. Sometimes we can play some type of spiritual game, can't we? We just have this thin veneer of Christianity. Of course, you know I'm a pastor. Had three sons. A wonderful wife who put up with me. And it was interesting on Sunday mornings how many times we'd go through some things, you know? Where's his shoes? I don't know. I didn't wear them last. Okay, what? How's he got? Uh, that's wrinkled. You got to get that. And uh, have you eaten yet? No. And you ever go through that? And you're driving to church. Oh, what did you what, what wear that for? Because you cha- you're dri- driving to drive, right? Pull up the church and say, How are you, Brother Chuck? <laughs> Hope you had a good morning. We have been trained to put our best foot forward, haven't we? Even when we talk about God. We don't want each other to know that maybe my spiritual life just isn't quite where it should be. And we're like the seed on the rocky soil. We have this thin veneer of good soil. But underneath, there's things in our lives that just aren't quite right. And it'll be exposed. You're going to go through hard times. It's at those moments you'll discover what your life is rooted in. Jesus said, out of overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. So listen to what comes out of your mouth in those times. Because he's revealing to you what's in your heart. He's revealing to the depth of your life. Part of thriving is allowing Jesus to get us deeper into his word, deeper into his truth, deeper into that lifestyle. And that takes time. You know? It takes time. You've all heard of bamboo, right? Right? I understand when you plant bamboo, you plant just this little twig in the ground, and there it is. And you water it, and you nurture it, you fertilize it, and it just sits there. For a year, it just sits this little twig in the ground. You're looking at it saying, what in the world's going on? You go out two years, and it's still not just this little twig in the ground. What am I doing wrong? Three years, it's still there. This little twig, it's green, but it's like, it's not going anywhere. You ever been there? It takes bamboo five years. Then it'll shoot up 60 feet in 90 days. What was it doing all that time? I suppose it was putting down roots, gathering strength, getting deeper. Do you know what happens if you put up a tall building with a poor foundation? What happens? Why does it fall over? Because there's no depth in the foundation, right? You get this? That's what Jesus is talking about here. We need depth in our relationship with him because what happens when hard times come, we're just going to fall over. And so part of this, this, this person here with the, with the rocky soil is God wants to come along and says, let me get the rocks out of your life. But God, they're pretty rocks. God, I like these rocks. They've been with me for so long. God says, no, we have to pull them out. And that's hard because you've got to dig holes to pull out rocks, you know? And when you dig holes, it's, it's like it hurts. It's like surgery. It's like the doctor coming along saying, you know, you have cancer, and we need to operate. And you say, no, can I just take an aspirin? No, we've got to get in and remove it. It's going to hurt, but you'll be healthier. No, I don't want that, doc. How about an ibuprofen? That'll work, won't it? You see, it doesn't work that way. So Jesus comes along, he wants us to thrive, says, I've got to dig around in your life, and it may hurt a little bit. But I love you so much. I want you to be so much close to me, so much. You've got to understand I'm doing it because I love you. 
love you more than you'll understand. And I want to be closer to you than you'll ever know. Please give me permission to dig the rocks out of your life, child. That's part of the journey that's never easy. Finally, we have the good soil. It's a man who hears the word, understands it, and produces a crop. In the good soil, the seed thrives because it's not hard, because there are no rocks, because the thorns have been taken care of, and now it can flourish, it produces, it thrives, because those hard places are gone. The tough places are gone. And we flourish. We radiate the Lord. We grow in Him. We celebrate Him. We bloom in Him. That's the, that's the life He wants us to have. So every morning we can get up and just dance in the Lord. What a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? This is the day I'm just going to celebrate Jesus. But it's snowing. I don't care. Let it snow. Uh, I wish it would sometime, right? Don't, don't, I didn't say that. You wait, one of these days it'll snow and I'm going to hear it, all right? But it's like, just celebrate the Lord today. Just rejoice in the day the Lord has made. Just be glad in who He is. Let His peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what He wants for you. Regardless of what you face each day, you can celebrate the day in Jesus. Even if you cry. Even if somebody breaks your heart. Because I've learned Jesus can put the pieces of a heart back together again. Even if something has died, I've learned that Jesus can bring life out of death. Even if something's lost, I've discovered he'll seek to save the lost. That's what the good soil can do in our lives. Paul says this in Ephesians 3, I pray out of the glorious riches, of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power in his spirit, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to all measure with the fullness of God. Hear that? He says it starts here, that you may be rooted and established in the love of God, that you believe God loves you, God likes you, God cares about you. And when you are rooted in that, and he says you'll have power with all the saints to understand the depth of Christ's love and know his surpassing power in your life. That's what he wants for you what he wants for me God has glorious riches to give you but it's not riches of the world it's things like a joyous heart better relationships caring hearts compassionate hearts peace walking with God Jesus dwells in our hearts when we believe when we ask Jesus in our lives he dwells in our hearts he dwells the very place that there's hard places in our lives and we all have to work and remove those things This year, if we thrive, we celebrate life in Jesus Christ. This is one old saint of God used to say, I'm going to celebrate Jesus come hell or high water. And that's what it's about. There will be hard times. There will be rough moments. 
There will be questions. There will be times God seems silent. There will be times you don't know what God's doing. But through it all, if you're rooted in Jesus, you can thrive and blossom and grow. I have a video I want to show you.